Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for already your presence here in worship. Thank you we have come to honor you and we have already worshipped you and honored you and given you glory in our worship. And so now as we open your word, may you be glorified, God. As we celebrate your resurrection, Lord, may you come and speak to our hearts even as we open your word. I pray for your Holy Spirit to speak to us this morning and I pray for your anointing and I ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, do you remember a couple, maybe a bunch of storms back, but that one storm that we lost power like all over the island? Do you remember that time? I mean, we lost power for days. That was the time. I mean, we've lost power for maybe hours or, you know, uh, maybe half a day or something. But, but this was like days. This was like two, three days if I remember right. Do you remember that not only... Uh, if you're in the middle of all that, you know, your power goes down, you lose your Wi-Fi, right? And not only that, Verizon, uh, that's our uh, provider, was super slow. So it's like I'm trying to get on my phone, the Wi-Fi's not working, Verizon's barely working. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was turning to my wife, like, I am so bored. Like, what do I do, right? I mean, it's crazy how much we're attached to our phones. No internet, no smartphone, none of that. Did you know that today there are 6.92 billion smartphone users in the world today? That's 86.29% of the people in the world. But I was thinking about this. Can you imagine it when what life would be like if all of a sudden there wasn't cell phones. Can, can you imagine what life would be like without a cell phone? Well, as I was kind of going through that in my mind, uh, <laughs> you're like, yeah, amen, no. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but hey, uh, <laughs> that's my brain. I, if I don't have my phone, my brain's gone. But anyway, think about life without a cell phone. You would have to wait to get home to make a phone call. Maybe you're old enough to remember to do that, right? Or you'd have to uh, go and stop at a pay phone. Do you remember what that is, right? And you would have to have change to actually make a call. I remember in my ashtray, I'd just keep change just in case. I had to stop, pull over, and make a call. Well, the upside, though, to that not having cell phones is you would save gas. You know why? Because you would no longer have to turn your car around and go back to the place where you left your cell phone. Right? I mean, how many times have I done that with my wife? I go, oh, no, I left my phone and I feel naked without it. Right? So you got to go home. You got to go grab that. But there is another downside, isn't there? That since you cannot text like we do normally, you'll have to actually get a piece of paper out, write down your letter with a pen, and then put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, walk all the way across the grass to your mailbox, put it in there, and then you got to wait, what, for another week for a response, right? I mean, what, what, what is that, right? Without our cell phones, could we ever live today? I mean, we're so used to having the cell phones. How did we ever live without our smartphones? Well, this morning for our Easter message today, our passage we're going to look at in 1 Corinthians 15, it supposes what life would be like if Jesus never rose again from the dead. 
if Jesus never resurrected on Resurrection Sunday? What would, be like, what would be life like without the resurrection? So I titled our Easter message this morning, Life Without Easter. Life Without Easter. Again, we're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 12 through 20 this morning. From verse 12 through 20. And basically, we're going to find the answers to two questions. And this is our outline, basically. The two things we're going to find here. Number one is, what if the tomb is not empty? What if the tomb is not empty? But then on on the very last verse, we're going to see the answer to, what if the tomb is empty? So those are the two things we're going to be looking at, life without Easter. So let's start here with, Number one, what if the tomb is not empty? What if the tomb is not empty? Now, we're going to be covering verses 12 through 19. Uh, most of our message today will take, uh, will be look, uh, you know, at this whole chunk over here. But what if the tomb is not empty? First of all, take a look with me here. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12. Now, I'm reading from the ESV version. That's what we study from. So this is the ESV. If you have, of course, your phones and tablets, you can just click and change. But 1 Corinthians 15, 12, it says, Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now, the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of 1 Corinthians, he, he's wondering, how could anyone say that there is no resurrection from the dead? In other words, when believers die and pass from this life, how could they say that we're not resurrected? And that, if, if we believe that, well, Christ is risen from the dead, if Christ is proclaimed that he rose again, as we are celebrating this morning, then how could anyone even think that when we die as believers, that we're not going to rise again? And that's what he's, the idea, that's what he's saying here in verse 12. You have to understand that in the Greek culture, back in the ancient times, uh, that thought was leaking into the mindset of the church. See, in the Greek culture, they believe when a person dies, their soul just kind of floats on. And Paul's saying, no, we're going to have actual resurrected bodies as believers when we die. So as we see even today, there is culture, there's things in society in this world that can mix into what the Word of God says. So, so people are a little bit confused there. So Paul's like, hey, how could you even think that? You should know if Jesus resurrected, then b- believers are going to be resurrected too. And we understand that, right? When we pass from this life, um, to um, when we're absent from the body, right? Corinthians says we'll be present with the Lord. We know we will be with Jesus. And we understand in our Christian life, when we die and go to heaven, we will have our, what we call our glorified bodies. So we will be able to live in heaven eternally now if jesus said that we will have a new body that we will live then we're gonna live right we're gonna have that resurrected body jesus said in john chapter 12 verse uh john 11 verse 25 i am the resurrection and the life whoever believes in me though he die yet shall he live and he's talking about having that glorified body living being resurrected when we die so here's paul now paul's saying hey how could you even think that 
But then he goes on in our passage here to entertain the thought of, hey, what if the tomb is not empty? What if Christ really didn't resurrect from the dead? What if his body was still there? What if uh, what the, actually earlier here in this chapter, what if what Peter and the other apostles, what if they never saw the Christ risen in verse 5? Or uh, earlier here, Paul's writing about that over 500 followers of Jesus saw him alive. What if they never saw Jesus alive? What if, as we read this morning, uh, as Pastor Stephen had you stand up and what's on the bulletin, what if that moment when the women came to the tomb and they, they looked in, what if the body was still there? What if what we read this morning, the angel never said at the tomb, he's not here, he is risen. What if the tomb is not empty? That would be life without Easter, right? Well, Paul goes on here to talk about that. What if the tomb is not empty? And we're going to see seven things here. And first of all, then all this would just be, number one, an empty holiday an empty holiday this would be an empty celebration here take a look at verse 13 he goes on here to say but if there is no resurrection of the dead then not even christ has been raised so he kind of backs into this he says look if 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 believers aren't raised from the dead when when they die then you know what then christ never rose again and if christ never was raised from the dead, then what would this holiday be? Uh, it'd be about chocolate and bunnies, right? I mean, eh, what, what else? What would it really be about? I mean, there might not even be a holiday. We might not even be getting together and celebrating about Christ's resurrection, right? If Christ never really rose again, I don't know. We oh, oh, bunnies and eggs, right? You know, I remember uh, before I had Jesus in my life, and when I was small. Uh, one of our relatives gave me a, a chocolate bunny. It was about this big. It came in a box. I, I vividly remember it came in this box, and it was, it was a bunny. It, it was all formed into a bunny. It wasn't solid. It was, one, it, was, it was more like the shell, but it was all chocolate, and it was a white chocolate bunny. It was a white one, and boy, I was so excited. I opened it up. I took the bunny out, and I started from, how come we always start from the head right i ate the ears i hit the ate the head there's a headless bunny and then um and then i ate the body and went all the way down ate the whole thing in one sitting a bunny about this big i'll tell you what after i ate that my stomach felt sick and to this day i don't like white chocolate anymore (laughs) anymore i'm so glad that resurrection sunday that easter isn't just about bunnies and eggs but it's about Jesus Christ who rose again from the dead. But if the tomb is not empty, then we just have this empty holiday, right? So what if the tomb is not empty? Then you know what? The second thing, what the apostles preach would be, number two, an empty message, an empty message. Take a look at verse 14 now. The first part says, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Stop right there. 
So if Christ really didn't rise again from the dead, then the apostles preaching their message about Jesus Christ would be in vain. The original word there in the Greek, it means it would be nothing. The NLT translates it as useless. There would be no substance to the message of Jesus Christ. There would be nothing. Jesus would, you know what? Jesus would just be another dead rabbi. That's all. He would have lived his life, unfortunately died on a cross, and that was it, end of his life. And we would all go, oh, poor guy. He had so much going for him. There'll be nothing to talk about without the resurrection. Billy Graham said, if I were an enemy of Christianity, I would aim at the resurrection because that is the heart of Christianity. Amen. Amen. So there has to be a resurrection. There has to be the resurrection of Jesus if there's any weight to Jesus Christ and who he is. All right, well, what if the tomb is not empty? Today would be an empty holiday. Secondly, uh, we just there'd be an empty message. And number three, it, our faith would be an empty faith. Number three, empty faith. If you look at the second part of verse 14, it says, and your faith is in vain. So our faith in God, our faith and trust we put in Jesus, it would be also in vain. It would be useless. It would be meaningless. It would be all for nothing. You know what? We might as well stop reading the Bible, if that's true. We might as well stop our prayer meetings, stop praying to God and going to God. We might as well bring home our missionaries. We might as well, you know what, we'll just end this service now. We'll go home, okay? Let's go home. I'm going to close the Bible. We're gonna... No. You know why? Because we're going to eat first, and then we'll go home. No, <laughs> just joking. No, but right, it would, why are we here? Our faith is real because Christ did rise again from the dead. I remember my daughter, uh, she's uh, 23, or going to be 23 uh, this month. But I remember when she was nine years old, our, our youngest child, and someone had given the, one of those small packets of flower seeds, you know, had a picture of the flower on it and a bunch of seeds inside. And someone gave it to her, and, and, and she was so excited. So we went to the store, bought a little pot, bought some potting soil, planted the seeds, and she was watering it every day. But guess what? Nothing came up. Nothing came up. She was so sad. All that time and effort, all the expectation, all my money, all mounted to nothing, nothing. You know what? If Christ didn't rise again from the dead, all this, what we're doing, amounts to nothing. What if the tomb is not empty? Well, today would be an empty holiday. Uh, the apostle's message would be an empty message. We'd have empty faith. And number four, this book, it means we'll be filled with empty promises. Empty promises. Look at verse 15 now. Verse 15. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. So here's Paul saying, see, uh, uh, the testimony we gave you guys that Christ rose again from the dead, our writings that we've given you, that meant we misrepresented God. It would mean that he didn't rise from the dead. And if 
what we're looking at, if you, what you guys think about, if believers aren't raised from the dead when they die, then you know Christ never rose again. And what we said, we misrepresented God. We're not really telling you the truth. That means the apostles are a bunch of scammers, right? They're just scamming you when they say, hey, you, uh, Jesus rose again from the dead. They're deceivers, actually. They're, they're actually putting out this delusion. That's what Paul's saying. We've been misrepresenting God. We've been just saying what we want to say. I mean, think about this. Matthew chapter 28 talks of the resurrection, right? Mark chapter 16 talks about the resurrection. Luke chapter 24, he records the resurrection. John chapter 20. Think of all of Paul's writings. I mean, he wrote most of the New Testament. He talks about the resurrection. Peter, we just studied Peter. His writing, he talked about the resurrection, right? The book of Hebrews, the writer there talks about the resurrection. Think about Revelation, the book of Revelation. John sees who? The resurrected Jesus. Is that all not true? If, if the tomb is not empty, then you know what? It's not true what they wrote about the resurrection. And it means everything in the Bible is not true, right? How can we trust that the, the promises of God are true if Christ has not risen again from the dead? His promise, right, to be there for us, to never leave us nor forsake us. His promise to provide for us. His promise to strengthen us. His promise to heal us and help us. His promise to love us. God loves you. We find in the Bible, we know in the Bible that God is love and God loves us here. But if Christ isn't resurrected, how can we trust that when it says God loves us, it's true? So if the tomb is not empty, this is just empty promises. It just dominoes into everything we see in the word of God. But it is true, right? God does love you. Let me tell you that right now. Jesus loves you. Jesus cares for you. Jesus, he died on a cross. And we talked about that on Friday. He died on a cross for you to atone for your sins. He came to this earth and hung upon the cross and suffered and died. Because he loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. He does love us. Well, what if the tomb is not empty? This would be an empty holiday, the empty message, empty faith. The book would be filled with empty promises. And number five, then you know what? We'd have an empty salvation, an empty salvation. Look at verse 16 and 17 here. Verse 16 and 17. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So here's Paul now saying, look, if, 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 if believers don't rise again from the dead, he's going back to verse 12, if, then Christ's not raised, then, then you know what? It means your faith in Christ to save you from your sins is futile. It's, it's, it's nothing. It does nothing to change our condition. We're still guilty of sin. We're still in bondage of sin. We're still under the consequences of sin, which is death and hell. That's what he's saying. The, the, we're, we're, we're still in our sins, and we're still in that bondage. Christ's death it means he died on a cross, but if he didn't rise, then it means that his death was not enough to atone for our sins. That's what it means. 
Did you know Christ's resurrection means that he did atone for our sins and the Father received that for our sins? That's what the resurrection proves. But if it's the opposite, then that means Christ didn't do enough and we're still in our sins. Think about it this way. If this is true, if, if, if the tomb is not empty, then Jesus lost. Satan won, right? Then there's no forgiveness for our sins. Then there's no way we can be made right and have a relationship with God. Then there's no eternal life in heaven. If the tomb is empty, then it's just an empty salvation that we talk about. You know, Romans 6 tells us that when we come to believe on Jesus, that we actually die with Christ, our old person, our old flesh, and we're risen with Christ. And that now we are freed from the bondage of Christ. And now we can yield ourselves to be slaves of righteousness and no longer slaves of unrighteousness. And as we rise up, we, we come into a new life with Christ, Romans 6 tells us. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, right? says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things has passed away. All things have become new. We come alive in Jesus Christ because Jesus is risen from the dead. That's why we have these Easter lilies down here, right? Easter, you always see it in the store, Easter lilies. Because they start out with this dead bulb that's buried in the ground. But they sprout out into this plant and bloom into these lilies. That's like us. But if the tomb was not empty, then none of this happens. It's just a dead bulb in the ground. Well, what if the tomb is not empty? It would be an empty salvation, no new life in Christ. And number six, we'd only have empty testimonies. Empty testimonies. Look at verse 18. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Now, when Paul uses this term, fallen asleep, he's talking about those who have died. Back then, that was kind of the same way of saying that. And in a way, I guess you could think of believers and what we understand that we're not totally dead, right? We die, but it's like we wake up into this resurrection, into our new body. So if there is no resurrection, Paul's saying here, then, wait, then those believers who died before us, they have perished. You know what that means? They've gone to hell. Every believer, he's saying, in the past, right, uh, they died in their sins, and they are not with God. They're in hell. There's no blood to atone for their sins. Think about this. The apostles that we read in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul who's writing this. Think about the Old Testament saints who looked to the cross. Think about those early church fathers, the leaders in the early church. Think about all the missionaries and pastors and Christians out there. There's no testimony of them coming to Christ. It's not anything and then dying and going to heaven. They're not enjoying life with God in the eternal heaven. But they're in the eternal hell. If the tomb is not empty, then there's no testimony of these great saints before us who went before us and who we should be following. It would void out Romans 10, 9. 
You guys know that, right? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It would be voided out if the tomb was not empty. What if the tomb is not empty? Well, this would be an empty holiday. Uh, Christ's message would be empty, empty faith, empty promises, empty salvation, empty testimonies. And the last one, it all comes to number seven, an empty future, an empty future. Look at verse 19 here. It says, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most pitied. So Paul says if our only hope yeah, is, is not in this resurrected Christ, but our only hope is just in this life only, what a sad, sad hope that is. Pitied here means wretched or miserable. So if the tomb is not empty, believers are the most sorrowful people in the earth because we're hoping in a future after this life. We're hoping uh, uh, and understanding that there is something coming. But if it's not true, Christ is not resurrected and we won't be resurrected, then who are we? We're going to be totally disappointed. We think we have a future, but we don't. One writer, Jay Higgins, asked, what would you have liked to have known when, when you were a boy? Well, you know what he said? That when you get to the top, there's nothing there. That would be like us. Thinking that, oh, we're going to be with God, and then there's nothing there. And then this is our only hope? How sad that would be. Life without Easter would be like this. This is what it looked like if the tomb is not empty. Let's go on to our second thing here. Number two, what if the tomb is empty? Number two is what if the tomb is empty? And here we're going to look at verse 20 and our last verse for this morning. It says here, 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now, after all these ifs here, yeah, after Paul put all these ifs out, went through all these seven things, he says, but, but, in fact, what is true is that Christ has been raised from the dead. He is alive. He's been resurrected, bodily resurrected, not just a spirit floating around. Do you remember that after his resurrection, he not only talked to people, not only just appeared, but he ate food with people, right? He, remember, he, he told Thomas, hey, touch, touch my hands. Put your fingers in, 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 in my scars. Remember, he was there with them. Remember when, um, I believe it was Mary Magdalene, hung on to him, was clinging on to him, right? When she saw him after the resurrection, it was, she, would, she didn't go like, grabbing nothing, right? <laughs> right? She grabbed onto a physical glorified body. And that's what Paul is, but in fact, what's true, Christ has been risen from the dead. 
Now, when he says here, he writes here in verse 20, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, the first fruits of those who have died, first fruits, he's talking about the first one who went, the first one who received a glorified body, the first one to lead the way to show us that this is what it's going to be like. That's what it's talking about. So Paul's saying, hey, why are you guys thinking that, oh, Jesus rose again from the dead, but we're not going to have our glorified bodies? No way. Christ has risen from the dead bodily, and so that when we pass from this life to the next, we will have our glorified bodies also. He is the first fruits. And you know what? Christ is the only one because he is the one who went from this life to the next life and having that glorified body. He's the only person who can take us beyond the grave into eternal life, into heaven. So since the truth is Christ did rise again from the dead, then what if the tomb is empty? You know what it means? It means just all the opposite of what we went through. The opposite. All the opposite. That means this holiday is not empty, right? We're here today to celebrate Christ's resurrection. That it's a great time. We're filled with joy because Christ did rise again from the dead. That also, the message isn't empty, right? The message is not empty, but it's real. Jesus is real. What he said is true. How to be saved. How to know God. How to have a changed life. It's true. The gospel is true. Faith is not empty. It means that we can put our faith in God, in his promises that he puts in this book, yeah? That he will be there for us. That he will provide. That he will strengthen us. That he will go with us. That he does have a plan for us. We can hold on to the words of this book even in the middle of a storm. And everything else doesn't look great. But we can believe and know that it is true. Because Christ rose again from the dead. We, his promises are true. His salvation is not empty. You guys... We have been freed from the bondage of our sin. You guys, the consequences of death from our sin and hell, we can be assured in Christ Jesus that we will go to heaven. If you have Christ in your heart today, you can be assured. You don't have to say, well, I hope I go. I hope I did enough good. It's not your good. It's the work that Christ has done on the cross. It's the good that he's done for you in dying and atoning for your sins because we can't do that. And we can rejoice that the testimonies of those who've gone before us is true. It's not empty testimonies. That they are in heaven now. That they are enjoying the joy and the presence of God right now, you guys. And we have that to look forward to. And we, our future, as I mentioned, is secure. We don't have an empty future. We have a hope. You guys, when we get in eter- into eternity, the eternal realm, right, we're going to look back on this lifetime and everything, and we're going to go, wow, that was, that was like nothing. So all your suffering, all that you go through, this is what Paul says in, in, in the Bible. And what he's written is like, hey, it's just temporary. Sometimes it feels like it's not temporary, but it is. It's just temporary. We'll get through this. And we have so much to look forward to in the glory of heaven. So what if the tomb is empty? It means all the opposite of what we just saw. So look at things this way. 
What if the tomb is empty? Then guess what? You must believe on the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You have to believe. You have to understand that this is real, that this is true, that Jesus did rise again from the dead, just as the angel said, just as what we read in the Bible right here. You ever wonder why was Jesus buried in a tomb that belonged to Joseph of Arimathea? Because he didn't need his own. He just needed to borrow it because he only needed it for the weekend. Right? He only needed it for a couple days, three days. Listen, a dead Savior can save no one. But a resurrected Savior can save you from your sins, can save you from the bondage you're in, save you from, from, from the consequences of, of continuing on over and over and over, and you make the same mistakes and choices over and over. He can change your life today. Today, He can change you. The risen Jesus is your hope. He's my hope. He can save you. He can change you. He can make us alive, you guys. Have you walked in here maybe feeling kind of dead spiritually? Maybe you've come in here like, oh yeah, I'm here. It's Easter. I got to go to church with my family, whatever. Maybe you feel empty in your life. Maybe you, you, you've been trying to fill it with so many things, but even reaching to the top, there's nothing there. Even gaining everything you ever want and you still feel empty. You know what? It's because you need Jesus. That deadness inside is because you're missing Jesus and you need Jesus to resurrect your spirit, your soul right now. Listen to what Romans eight eleven says. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The Holy Spirit will come into your life and make you alive. Jesus is alive, so we can be alive also. Let me tell you, I stand up here and I can testify to you. I can testify that Jesus changed my life. I can testify to you that I was once dead, but now I am alive, Ephesians 2 says. I can testify that that is true. I can testify to you because I've had a front row seat of my life. I've seen it. I've seen God take my life and bring me to things I tried to stay away from. Now I can't stay away from him in church. I've seen God take my sin that I love. Now I hate it now. I've seen God take the chains and the bondage of my life and break them, and now I am free in Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm not talking about just theology. I'm not just talking about the truth we find in the Word of God or history, but I'm talking about how I am a changed person because Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive, you guys. So do you understand now, as we've looked into this passage, how important the resurrection of Christ really is? You know what? Let me say this as we close up here. Don't leave Christ hanging on the cross. 
Some of us are like, oh, yeah, I believe in Christ, died on the cross for my sins. And you think, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been forgiven. And, and you go on and live your life, but you don't live a resurrected life. You go back to the old life, thinking that, well, I have Jesus, and it's more like fire insurance, right? Insurance from hell, yeah. Think, oh, I, I'm good. I have that piece of paper, you know, in my pocket. No. That's half the story, you guys. Yeah, when we have Jesus, we have heaven, yes. But you know what? If you really have Jesus, then you're going to live this new life. You're going to live a resurrected life in a sense starting now. You're going to start growing in Christ. You're going to be growing in what we call sanctification and where we become more like Christ. We're going to have a changed and new life. So don't leave Christ hanging on a cross. Don't leave him there. Jesus is alive, and he is risen again from the dead. I'll close with this. Long ago, a man was staring at a painting of the crucifixion outside this store window. He'd been through a lot in his life. Life had been hard, and uh, even though he's been super successful uh, in life, in his career, but he's just been through a lot of things. But he, looking at the painting, it reminded of, him of how he was younger and he had actually rejected Jesus, rejected the gospel. He was captured by the detail of the painting. He was staring into it. And, and there was a boy who stood next to him staring up at the picture too. The boy eventually broke the silence and said, Hey, mister, do, do you know what that means? The man started to be moved in his heart because he's heard the gospel before. The, the boy went on to explain, that man in the middle cross is Jesus. Them over there are the Roman soldiers. They killed him. And that lady crying is his mother. But Jesus died on the cross for our sins. I learned that in Sunday school. At that, hearing that, the man was overwhelmed with emotions and he had to walk away. And as he is walking away, Suddenly, he heard little footsteps behind him and a tug on his coat. And he turned to see the boy and to hear the boy say, Mister, I forgot to tell you the rest. He did not stay dead. He rose again. And at that moment, the man gave his heart to Jesus. That's what it's about. So this morning, don't walk away without Jesus today. Don't walk away this morning without him in your heart. Don't just have Jesus as, oh yeah, he died on the cross. But understand what the resurrection of Christ really means for you today in your life with God and in your relationship with God today. Or maybe you'll just continue on. Maybe you'll just end up with what we saw today, a life without Easter. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you right now in prayer and after hearing your word, God, after understanding what your word says, Lord, I know that <coughs> you want us, God. You're reaching out to us. That your Holy Spirit has been ministering to us. That we have been convicted even in, in our own lives, in our walks with you. Lord, help us, God, to truly live the life that you meant for us to live. 
the resurrected life, starting now. That will all culminate in the day we pass from this life, this earth, to go into eternity. It will culminate in our glorified bodies. But right now, you want us to experience this new life, to be a new creation, to become all that you want us to be. But some of us haven't been doing that. Some of us have walked away from you. Some of us have have wandered away like sheep who've wandered and got lost. Some of us maybe are hearing this for the first time that you died on a cross for them. Lord, I pray for anyone here who's never given their life to you that this would be the moment that this, they would take this opportunity to give their life to you this morning. God, we all need you. Whether we've been believers for years or, or, or we've walked away or we're new believers or, or we want to be believers. God, we all need you today and you're reaching out to us in love. Lord, we're hearing these words because you love us. We're hearing words that are straight, Lord. Oh, how could that guy say the word hell in church? But that's a reality. It's in the Bible. God, I pray that no one here would end up in hell, but we would all end up in heaven because of you, Jesus Christ. So I pray right now, Lord, as we humble ourselves before you, I pray that each one of us would just lay down our pride, our pride, lay down our self-seeking, Lay down our self-will, the rebellion. God, we've been, we've been fighting you when all along you've been trying to help us. God, may we humble ourselves and go to you, that we would go and give our life to you. No matter where we're at, Lord, that we would all understand the truth before us. None of us is perfect. Many of us are still believe, we're believers, but we're still struggling with habitual sin. Some of us here are, are still struggling with anger and jealousy. Some of us are, are still holding bitterness and unforgiveness in the heart. Some of us, are, our growth in you is stunted because we're not really in the Word anymore like we used to be. But God, you're calling us here today, this morning, to come to you to rededicate our life, to recommit our life, to, to give our life, maybe for the first time to you. And so, Lord, on Resurrection Sunday, the day that you rose again from the dead, God, we want to come to you. And we want to give you our life so that we may come alive too. Holy Spirit, move upon our hearts right now. Jesus, thank you for speaking to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to be worshiping a few more songs this morning before uh, we eat. Uh, But I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Perhaps you walked in here and you've never given your life to Christ. Some of you have been coming to church, but you never really accepted Christ. You've never really prayed the prayer and surrendered your life to Christ. This is the perfect opportunity. Some of you here, uh, that was, it was on an Easter Sunday that you came to be saved. Well, perhaps today, April 9, 2023, is your day 
to give your life to Christ. I want to give you an opportunity right now. Maybe you've, you're the one who's been living a life as if there was no Easter. Well, it's time to allow Jesus into your heart so that he can raise you up from that deadness of sin and make you alive.